Are you a small business owner or someone who has a real interest in building your own brand? Then deep dive into the UP Consulting Group's Business Building Bootcamp, the annual convention and training camp for entrepreneurial spirits. Join us this March 5 and 6 to discover how you can unlock your business potential. Based on the Youngblood column of the Philippine Daily Inquirer, this is the Youngblood Podcast. Stories written by the Filipino youth that inform, empower, and inspire. Mabuhay! I am your host, Joshua Onsai. Question, what was your favorite bedtime story when you were a child? Was it Cinderella? Was it Pinocchio? Or was it maybe something more complicated like a Pearl Harbor book, something like that? (laughs) Well, this week's author says that he has never had any memories with these bedtime stories, so to speak. But as he grew up, he found a love for reading. And he found a love for these bedtime stories and realized that there are more to these stories than what we think. Here is this week's episode of Youngblood Podcast, More Than Bedtime Stories by Christian Dave Lorden. I have been longing for stories. In my childhood, I had no memory of bedtime stories. Unlike other children, neither my mother nor my father read me heroic tales of princes saving princesses or fire-breathing dragons destroying villages and wizards casting spells. Most nights of my childhood were as empty as the dark sky. The rain knew my sense of loneliness and it made me feel safe and contented. I would fall asleep with coldness blanketing me. Growing up, I began learning words. It tied me to books and cut the string connecting me to the sadness of the rain. I read the stories I had wanted to hear from my parents. Reading satiated my cravings for stories. I could see beyond the superficial intent of the plot and hear the unspoken words of the characters. Each story was a different adventure, and it was always gratifying in the end. In high school, it was all love at first read. I discovered Ang Cuento ni Mabute, a quiet yet moving short story written by Genoveva Edrosa Matute. I knew it was the kind of story I had been looking for, the tenderness of the characters and the textured narration stuck in my mind, the evocation of the past that brought a teacher, Matute, into the picture, the beauty of life amid much struggle, and the kindness that can touch the deepest parts of a soul. Even now, out of the blue, I can recite in my mind its opening lines. I also found Paglalayag sa Puso ng Isang Bata and Bangkang Papel. I deeply enjoyed Matute's soft and smooth way of recounting the hard and bumpy realities of life. As I read more of her short stories, I felt a closeness to the author even though I had never met her in person. Through her books, I saw the richness of Philippine literature and was encouraged to get acquainted with the works of other creative and intelligent Filipino writers and poets. But sadly, we are losing them, the precious gems of our literature, to the hand of time. Time always wins, and it never cries for our literary heritage and its champions. I come from a place where it feels that no one cares about the beauty of the stories that serve as the pillars of our literature and windows in our way of life. The works of foreign writers are more patronized than our own. 
watching shows from other countries has become a more enjoyable pursuit for many than reading the literary works of our writers. It has been tough for our own literature to thrive even on social media. Around me, I miss, in the youth of my generation, the appreciation and love for our homegrown books and stories. I want to hear from them the same stories I grew up with. But, armed with hope, I continue to teach because there I can introduce the stories of our people to young generations and celebrate the richness and power of our own voice. And because there, I will never long for stories again. Christian Dave is currently 22 years old and is a teacher at a high school in the Visayas region. Today, he joins me with Youngblood to talk about how he discovered his love for bedtime stories and how this love changed his life. And welcome to another episode of the Youngblood Podcast. With me here today is an educator and an author who is definitely a fan of Philippine literature. Please welcome Christian. Christian, kumusta ka naman? I'm... So happy that I've been invited to this. This is my first time. Is this your first time to guest in a podcast? Yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, chillax lang, chillax lang. As a first timer, chillax ka lang. You know, just let the honey river of emotions and thoughts flow. <laughs> Ayan, so <laughs> a nice breaker question. Just, you know, something to make the mood a little more chill. Since you're an author and would you consider yourself a bookworm na rin? What is a book that you can read over and over again and hindi ka magsasawa? Oh, that's interesting. There are a lot of books that actually came to my mind. But I think I'm gonna choose The Quiet Ones by Glenn Diaz. The book won the Palanca Grand Prize for Novel in English in 2017. And I really love the book. In fact, I even asked my friend to buy it for me in Cebu. And then bring it here to where I live. And uh, I love everything about the book. It actually talks about how the main character and his workmates, who all work in a BPO company, embezzle money from an American telecom giant. And what is more interesting about the book is that it opens in the middle of the story. And since you are an English major, same as me. I know you know the term in midges res. Which I'm not is, there yet. <laughs> okay. Which is a literary device used in crafting the story. Anyway, going back, it opens in the middle. And then in that opening, the police officers were trying to track down the location of the main character. And after it, it jumped in the middle of the plot wherein there is a recollection of the events in main character's family, his work, and the country where he lives, the Philippines, of course. The book actually recounts real events. For example, the super typhoon Yolanda, which I experienced, uh, Manny Pacquiao's fight, heinous crimes in our country, mm. and a lot. And then in Tacloban and Ormoc, which are the two of the big cities here in Eastern Visayas. Another exciting thing to end the story happened. And I'm not going to spoil the ending. You've got to read it <laughs> for you to know what happened in the story. 
or what happened to the protagonist? Was he caught or was he able to escape? That's actually the big question there. And aside, of course, from the intriguing plot, the way it was narrated was awesome. The word choice and the genuine portrayal of the life in the story. Yeah. I'm interested Basically, in the part nice that it started uh, in the middle. I'm interested yeah. in that part because I've written and I saw some stories that start from, you know, the end. Then it goes back to the beginning, then back there or yeah. a quarter before the end. Pero yung in the middle, that's actually quite difficult there. Though yeah. I've seen some movies that actually do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Glenn Diaz, Palanca Awardi. I mean, it's good. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That style actually is used in classical literary pieces like the Iliad, which actually mm. also started in the middle. That literary device or literary style in writing is called in Midas Res. Yeah, this major thing. Yeah, talagang familiarize ka dun. Especially, you know what I've really seen and observed is that you really know people who won the Palanca Awards. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually a fan of. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Now, would you say that was the experience or that was your motivation to write this essay and actually send it to Young Blood? Would you say that you being a bookworm, you being a fan of Palanca Awardees inspired you to write this essay? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I discovered Palanca way back in high school and those stories, those authors who won in the Palanca, and other Philippine authors, poets, writers, mm. who even did not want the Palanca actually encouraged me to write my essay. I actually only have one reason why I got inspired to write the essay, and that is the desire to introduce the beauty and the richness of the Philippine literature, as what I have mentioned in the essay. I want a lot of people, especially Filipinos, especially the young generation, to know more about our stories, our poems, our literary gems. As what I've said, introduce the stories of our people to young generations and celebrate the richness, the power of our own voice. Of course, aside from teaching, I know I can amplify this purpose with the young blood. That's why I send it there. There will be a wider reach of this endeavor of mine. And I was thinking that if the essay will be published it would resonate to greater number of audience. I want the readers to know that reading our homegrown writers and books magnifies our sense of identity as Filipinos. As I see it, it is only when we fully embrace our heritage that we can improve individually and eventually progress collectively. Writing the essay and getting it published well unexpectedly We're all for my love for Philippine literature and its literary gems that contributed how I see the world and how I see life, basically. So yeah, you really are a fan of many Filipino authors and Philippine literature. Now, the interesting fact about this, you stated in your essay that you grew up not actually being exposed to this, you know, Philippine literature. You grew up not really exposed to you know bedtime stories or yung childhood mo isn't filled with these authors and now you're actually a big fan of these authors and philippine literature now when you were a child did it ever occur to you 
na I would go into literature or you would actually go into studying linguistics and the English language itself? No, it just happened. Similar with falling in love romantically, <laughs> I explore first, of course. I've got to learn how to read so that I can read them because no one's going to do it for me. I try to read as many books as I can as long as they are available in our library. And then when I stumbled upon stories in Philippine literature, oh, I knew I liked them. And as what I have said in my essay, it was love at first read. They are actually discussed inside the classroom. And at the same time, I explore more. But what I want to believe is that me falling in love with Philippine literature is not something I expected, but something that is destined to happen. And when this so-called destiny happened, I always felt excited about it, especially when I discovered new stories. Way back in college, which I didn't actually share in the essay, I was always listening intently every time na binabanggit ng Filipino teacher namin ang tungkol sa mga maiikling kwento ng panitikang Pilipino. In mm-hmm. fact, that Filipino teacher of mine made me retold the story Bangkang Papel, which I mentioned in the essay, on the spot in class. And I was, gee, game. I gonna do it. I gonna <laughs> tell it so that my classmates will also know about it. And it was also in college that every time I visited our university library, I never missed a chance to read the only copy of a collection of short stories written by Matute. When I go to the library, I always grab the book, the collection, and then I read it one story at a time so that I still have a story kapag bumalik ako. You have something to forward to, diba? I think unexpectedly that's how the destiny worked for me and Philippine literature. That made you fall in love with Philippine literature, diba? Now, of course, you stated, even before you already mentioned that you're a big Matute fan. Is she your favorite author, ba? Yeah, she's my favorite author, but I didn't able to meet her in person and kind of sad. I see. Now, question. If you were... Given the opportunity to have a Filipino author write about you and your life story, would Matute be that one? Or would you choose another author whom you like his or her way of writing? Well, definitely not Matute because she's already dead. Oh. <laughs> she's gonna do it for me. But like anyone, well, anyone, but, even from the dead. Yeah. Even from the dead, you can choose from them. <laughs> if I will be given that privilege... Well, I have this favorite author also. His name is Gideon Lasco, who is also a writer in the Philippine Daily Inquirer. His column is called Second Opinion. I'm going to give to him that opportunity to write my life story, which is really a privilege on my part. I really like how Sir Gideon actually writes his essays, his column in the Philippine Daily Inquirer, and it's really amazing. I actually met Sir Gideon way back 2017. I was in college when he became one of the plenary speakers for the fourth international conference for disaster risk reduction management held mm-hmm. in our university. And it was something surreal when I was talking to him that time. And since I was part of the publication, he gave us tips how to improve our writing. And simply because he's one of the finest writers our country has. And trivia, 
He also won Palangka, palangka. Award. <laughs> Talagang standard na yung Palangka Award, no? <laughs> yeah, para sa akin. You got some tips from that author. Now, are you actually incorporating those tips into everything that you do? Like, aside from essays and poems, even in other forms of literature, were you able to incorporate by those tips? Yeah, yeah. In fact, when he said that we should read Albert Camus, which is a foreign author, and F. Chanel Jose, the next day, I really searched in the internet stories written by them. I tried to buy books they wrote. Now, we've actually discussed your favorite author and you've already chosen an author who you want to have your life story written given the opportunity to make it into a book. Now, question. Do you have an all-time favorite Filipino literature story and does this actually play an important role in your life? Well, for the record, I like all the stories in Philippine literature. But I think the most impactful is Ang Kwento ni Mabuti. The main character there is a teacher who has her own struggles. Mm-hmm. And there was also a student who has her own struggles. And I think that influenced me why I became a teacher. Well, maybe subconsciously, it influenced me. Now, you mentioned it influenced you to be a teacher. Now, kung hindi ka teacher ngayon, what do you think would your profession be? Writer. Writer. Yeah, I was actually planning to get a journalism degree, but I did not able to pursue it, and it's fine. Yeah, at least if you're a teacher, you're still writing pa naman. And sino ba nagsabing porket hindi ka talaga writer, hindi na pa niya magsulat, di ba? Now, question, you know, you're a writer, you're a big fan of Filipino literature, and it's very obvious that you have a big stock of knowledge about writing. What advice would you give aspiring writers that also want to make inspiring literary pieces like yours? First, care for the things happening around you. If you are a writer or if you are an aspiring writer, you should look around and be mindful to the things that concern you and affect you. That's why you should care about the things happening around you. It's only when you care about what is happening that you able to see them clearly and in bigger pictures and in manifold of details mm-hmm. and you able to write them and tell about them. If you don't care about what's happening around you, it's going to be so hard for you to actually start scribbling. Caring is one step for us who loves writing to transform our ideas to words and uh, to supersede our inaction with action. Any techniques that you think other people or other writers would also want to try? Find an angle that is more compelling compared to the other angles of the story. If you're able to find that interesting angle, you're able to also tell the story more effectively, more creatively. I agree with that. You have to be comfortable right? in the writing style that you choose, in the angle that you choose, and even in the vocabulary, right? Because oh, it will really help your writing if you know what to write in the first place. What's the hardest thing about being a writer? Pa? Well, as a writer, you have your own world in your mind. And uh, you have that sense of responsibility to actually tell to the world that world that you have in your mind. And at the same time, to tell to the world how you see the world where we are living and uh, to be able to express your perspective behind all the other different uh, perspectives. What's the best part about being a writer? Best part? Pag na-publish ka. 
True. <laughs> True, I agree. Aside from that, one is you able to touch the lives of those who are leading. Another is when you able to make them act on something, especially when your article is about pursuing or convincing them to do this or do that or be able to Yung be the change na, na that they are waiting. Tama. Yeah. I think it's also transforming those ideas into actions. Kasi if you're able to transform the ideas to actions, there is greater impact that your story has created. And it's way more fulfilling than being published or being recognized. That's great. Now, Christian, you fell in love with Filipino literature in your own way. It just naturally happened. Now, what is that one thing that makes Filipino literature different from other genres of literature? Who knows? There may be a child, there may be someone who's listening to this podcast right now, and after listening to this, he might grab a book or two. He might continue on you know, the chain of love for Filipino literature. Simply the closeness it has to our heart. We are Filipinos in the first place. Filipino literature tells about our life as Filipinos, the stories of the people from different walks of life, from different social status and different beliefs. It is actually the convergence of us as a nation. I see. Now, if you were to actually suggest a story sa lahat ng nakikinig ngayon that they would want to check out, what would that story be? Start with literary works that one in Palanca. They're all good. There are a lot of them. You can check their website. You can choose from them. It's up to you. But that's it. All those works that one in the Palanca, they're all good. I see. And for you, is yung pinaka the best na Palanca story? Well, aside from The Quiet Ones by Glenn Diaz, there's this another novel by... F.H. Batakan, titled Smaller and Smaller Circles. And it is really interesting to read. Now, yeah. Christian, thank you so much for a great talk about Philippine literature and Filipino authors. Now, for our final question, if you were to give a message to lahat naman nakikinig ngayon who think so small of Filipino literature, what would be your message to them? Start reading Philippine literature. There are a lot of things that you will discover about our country when you read it. Things you will love. That's true. That's really true. Kumbaga nga, a book can take you anywhere. A book can make you discover things that you didn't know. Well, you are just literally sitting in the four corners of your room, right? Because mm, before we actually explore other literature, I think it's going to be better if we know first the literature we have here in our country. Alamin mo muna yung sarili mo bago mo alamin yung sa iba, in other words. Yeah. Christian, thank you so much for that. For our final question for this episode of the podcast, what are you looking forward to in life right now? Three things. First is for the pandemic to end, which everyone wants. True. I want to teach again inside the classroom. I kind of miss that feeling of meeting my students teaching them, sharing what I know. Second, for me to improve my craft in writing, I want to join a lot of writing workshops so that I can develop my writing. I want to write more and more and be more productive in writing. 
And third, I want to have a longer me time. So that I can also have a longer time to write. Great. Christian, thank you so much for being a part of today's episode of the Young Blood Podcast. It's been a great talk, but unfortunately, that's it for today's episode of the podcast. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and check out our other episodes. Feel free to drop in the comment section your suggestions on what we should feature on our next episode. Follow our official social media accounts on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thank you guys for listening. I am your host, Joshua Ansai, and this is Christian Dave. Till next time, bye. Say goodbye, Christian. Thank you for inviting me, and goodbye. Yes, thank you. Christian Dave Lauren is a teacher at Eastern Samurai National Comprehensive High School handling Filipino subjects. He sees education as the best way to enrich our country's literature and that celebrating Filipino literature shouldn't happen only in August, Buwanong Wika. And that's it for today's episode of the Youngblood Podcast. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and check out our other episodes. Feel free to drop in the comment section your suggestions on what we should feature on our next episodes. Follow our official social media accounts on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thank you guys for listening. I am your host, Joshua Ansai. Till next time. Bye!